groundbreaking, but not really. So where I work, there's this girl who is not like super new. She started a couple months ago, but like newer in terms of like how, like who we've had hired in the last couple of months. And we were talking today, like me, her, um, and two other girls. And she said, okay, I don't want anybody to hate me. And we were like, okay. And she says, I did not know who the Spice Girls were until about two months ago. And all of us just kind of look at her and I'm just thinking, I don't think that would make me hate you, but we need to remedy this <laughs> like right now. Like she said, she had heard of them and maybe heard some of their music, like redone music, but had never knew that they were real. She thought that they were a fake band, which honestly is just really funny. But anyways, we remedied the problem. She looked up the song that we had talked about, which started the whole conversation. And she goes, I have been converted. I am now a fan. Hello, and welcome to OK But Hear Me Out, a healthy conversation podcast about our favorite fandoms and latest obsessions. I'm your host, Cassie, and on this podcast, our friends and I will be trying to convince each other to dive into our latest favorites. A slight disclaimer, this podcast is mostly geared towards anime slash manga. However, we have many other not-so-guilty pleasures that we would be happy to share. We do have a rule of this podcast, though. There's only one, and it is that our feelings are canon, meaning that feelings are real to those that are feeling them, so we shouldn't bash others for having ones that are different than ours, especially when it comes to the realm of, well, not just anime, but fandoms in general. Before we get into the conversation, though, I do have a few announcements. Just a reminder, again, that if you have any recommendations for us, there is going to be a link in the description of this episode to a Google Doc form that you can fill out, and we will receive them. I apologize. I will keep apologizing. If you thought we were ignoring you, we are not. We have remedied the problem in a solution that is going to work for us at the moment. So if you have any recs, please check that out. That would be most appreciated. And my second announcement, just once again, that Lisa is taking a break from the podcast due to personal reasons, but hopefully we'll be back soon. And, you know, we miss her. And I'm sure she will listen to this because she and I do the same thing. We listen to our own podcast. So, Lisa, just know that I miss you. And also, happy birthday to your sisters because, I mean, not today, today, because <laughs> today is the time of this recording, but she texted me earlier today and she says, my sister says hi. And I was like, hi to my other sisters. So, you know, hello. But anyways, now that we know the rule, now that we've got the announcement out of the way, let us start the conversation of one. I'm having a conversation with myself, but it's okay. Today we are talking about Kiki's delivery service. Now, again, I apologize because this is not like a latest favorite kind of thing. This is definitely a throwback nostalgic kind of thing. But when we were going through topics that we wanted to talk about, we felt that if this is mostly anime manga related, we can't go without talking about some of the classics, some of the, well, maybe not classics in some regards, but definitely classics in some of our hearts. Some of the reason that people get into anime is through Studio Ghibli films. So we wanted to talk about our personal favorites and mine is Kiki's Delivery Service. 
I'll just start with the nostalgia factor, I guess, because like many people, when it comes to Studio Ghibli films, my favorite in the collection is the first Ghibli film that I watched, which is, of course, Kiki's Delivery Service. I actually watched it on VHS. That's right. Going all the way back, watched it in VHS at a friend's house during a sleepover. And this was like before I really knew what anime was. Again, it's kind of that weird thing, at least for me and Lisa and maybe people that grew up in the same like time frame, like 90s, early 2000s, that sometimes there was anime on TV that got translated slash adapted from Japan. But we didn't really know that it was anime. It was just another like cartoon, you know, like Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh, even Beyblade. I freaking love that show. And this one was very similar. I didn't know there was like a whole studio from Japan that had this collection of really amazing works with beautiful art and all that stuff. I didn't know anything about that. So I just watched this as a movie, just a regular movie at my friend's house. And I instantly fell in love and often asked if we could watch it whenever I went over to her house again, because I just, I loved it so much. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was great, but we'll get into that. I do want to mention a quick side note that there are two versions of at least the English dub. And personally, to me, the older version is better. It's because when they moved the film to Blu-ray, they changed a lot of things. Granted, they did change the music a little bit because in original like English dub, when they first brought it over here, there was a different opening song and they changed it when they did the Blu-ray to the original Japanese song, which I don't necessarily mind. I did like the opening song because, again, that's part of like my nostalgia and what I thought of, whatever I thought of Kiki's Delivery Service, but it's not like the end of the world. Some of the things that they changed is just bringing it back to its original now that, you know, things are a little different in this day and age. You know, and it's not like the 90s and early 2000s where they felt like Americans and, well, specifically American children couldn't understand the differences in the culture and all that stuff. So they changed those things and I don't really mind that. But the the part that bothers me, the part that gets to my soul is they changed some of Gigi's sarcastic funny lines, as in they kind of took them out. There were times when he just didn't like he either didn't talk or so they just changed his lines and don't get me wrong I get it I understand but like Gigi is like speaks to the sarcasm sassy part of my soul and it was really saddening so I personally prefer to watch the older version and I've been struggling to find that on DVD it is one of the things I really wish to have I'll probably talk about that later but yeah just be aware that if you were to go out and like buy Kiki's Delivery Service or watch it on Blu-ray, it will be different than what I recall in the nostalgia factor. It doesn't really change the overall storyline of the story, so it's not like you're really going to be missing much. It's still going to be the same beautiful masterpiece that it is, but for me, especially for the nostalgia purposes, I prefer to watch the older version. Now, I know I've talked a little bit about it, but I should probably get onto the summary, so we're going to start the summary. So Kiki's Delivery Service is about a young witch named Kiki who leaves home to continue her training to become a witch. She decides to settle in like this uh, big city by the shore where she eventually runs a delivery service out of a bakery using her only witch skill, flying. 
I think that's a pretty decent summary. If anybody has any thoughts about that, who could explain it better? I'm sure some of y'all know by now I'm really terrible at summaries, but I think that one turned out pretty good. I think that pretty much summarizes it. So talking points. My first talking point, like I mentioned before, this was my first Studio Ghibli film. I will not be able to stress this enough. I probably can. Probably y'all are annoyed. It's fine. Here we are. So I'll just quickly reiterate that there is a huge amount of nostalgia linked to Kiki's Delivery Service. And again, at the time, I had really never seen anything quite like this film, and I was blown away by it. I mean, the characterization and antics that are kind of prominent in anime were still new and relatively unknown to me at this time. Again, didn't really know about anime and their, especially early like 90s and 2000s, there are just some things that they do in anime that is just so funny and so you could tell when it's older when you see those things. But to me, especially as a child, it felt imaginative and intriguing and different than things that I, you know, was currently watching. And to this day, I mean, I have come to watch many Studio Ghibli films, like pretty much almost all of them. There's a couple of the newer ones that I haven't watched yet, but they're on the list. I will watch all the Studio Ghibli films except Grave of the Fireflies Never Again. But while I think each one has its own quirks and unique qualities that just, I mean, as a whole, Studio Ghibli films are a great set of stories and they are just beautiful. But I always come back to Kiki's Delivery Service. It is my favorite, and that might have a lot to do with the nostalgia, but I also, to me, it is just the best Studio Ghibli film, and I absolutely adore it. And you can't change my mind. Moving on to my next talking point, there are many parts in which I find Kiki very relatable. Now, a little bit of background, which I feel like I might have mentioned before, but we'll just reiterate. I grew up in a single-parent household where we didn't really have much in the way of food sometimes. And I really like especially felt when Kiki went to go buy a frying pan and pancake mix and is seeing all the prices for things. It honestly, I again, I really related to that because on our shopping trips, when my mom would take us to the grocery store, we were often sent to go get something from another aisle. And I was trained from a very young age to look at the prices and get the cheapest thing. Now, that sounds really depressing when I say it out loud, but I think that helped me, honestly, as I've grown into an adult, like really look at things and look how much things are priced and really take into consideration those skills that I I feel like that is a life skill to be able to budget and take into account how much things cost. And to like to further, I mean, there were times, legitimately times when we had pancakes every day because it was cheap and easy to make. Again, super, super relatable. Totally understand where she's coming from. It sounds kind of depressing when I say it out loud, but it wasn't. I mean, when you're like five or six, even seven, pancakes is like the best thing in the world. Like, why would a kid want anything else for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? But anyway, other things that I find relatable about Kiki is, at least for me, I know that I have a very strong network of friends, young and old, that have supported me throughout my life through whatever which I am going through. And Kiki has that, she kind of develops some of that through the throughout the movie. And it's just really great and endearing to see. I, I really, again, appreciate that and really relate to that. To further this, I did also watch some videos about, you know, people who actually analyze Kiki's delivery service way more than I ever could. And I love those types of videos because they point out things that you may have noticed but didn't really think about. And 
I guess just to further this point about being relatable, the parallels I feel of being a quote unquote creative or making a passion your job to what Kiki does in the movie and the quote unquote burnout that it causes her is something I had never really thought about. I didn't really see it until I started researching for this episode. And I was like, yeah, that's totally true. And she has to like find herself and and learn about the importance of self-care and work-life balance, which is something that in this day and age and probably was not thought about when this movie was made. But in this day and age, it's something that people are really bringing to the forefront and really focusing on. It's something that I know that I personally struggle with a lot. So when that was pointed out to me, I was like, man, I love her even more. And I love that she shows her show, even as a child, you know, she's very relatable. And I guess this kind of combines the the relatability and the nostalgia. But when you go back and watch a show that you loved as a kid or watch a movie that you loved as a kid, and it, it just takes on a whole new meaning as an adult, especially when you start to see these things that these people have pointed out. I mean, Kiki having to overcome her insecurities and struggle with who she is and what she wants to become is so extremely relatable. Again, she has this this block that she faces that a lot of artists can relate to and she has to overcome it, has to learn how to self-care and and give herself grace. And it's just, again, it takes on a, me- a new meaning as an adult. And I just really, really loved that this video pointed it out to me and that I have something even further to relate to her with or for and talk about for the purpose of this podcast, but also just, again, take in my in my little heart. Naturally, I will link this video in the description, but there is also an article that I will be linking that really go into more detail about these points, and I really love them, and they explain them way better than I'm probably, you know, word vomiting out in this podcast, but please check those out. They're really great. They really explain it in such an eloquent way, and I I just really love it, and I think everyone should listen. Oh my gosh, I feel like I talked so long about how relatable Kiki is, but she is, and she's wonderful and great and amazing. But let's move on to my next talking point that is on a less serious note, but I still have to mention it because it's me and I I need to do that in my life. I think it's a dream to live above slash near a bakery. Bread is is and has always been my favorite food group. I personally, like, I just don't eat a lot of meat in general. If I do, it's usually chicken, but even then I don't eat a lot of meat. And growing up, we didn't always have all the fruits, all the vegetables, more fruits than vegetables. And on top of that, I am a picky eater. I will admit I am a picky eater, but I also, to caveat that, I do have a sensitive stomach. So sometimes I don't like to eat things because they make me feel ill. So there's a lot of things that I just choose not to eat. But bread has always been the winner for me. And I know that's not everybody. I I don't have as many allergies or food restrictions as some people do in this world, but I am able to eat bread. And bread is always something, any like bread or grain product has always gotten me through. Even literally when I went to Japan, all of my friends were like, how are you going to be able to survive if you don't eat fish? And I was like, I will find a way. I mean, Japan has tons of bakeries. They eat rice for breakfast, which was perfectly fine with me. Rice and miso soup every day. Like, I found a way. It made it work. And I was fine. The point is, 
I love bread and living above a bakery sounds literally like a dream. It is to me reliable no matter where you go. It can fill you up, help you when you're not feeling well. And of course it's delicious. I often wish there were more bakeries that existed. I literally just want to try new breads and pastries all the time, but that's not really a thing where I live. I mean, I feel like just in general where I have lived, I've lived several places in the U.S. and bakeries are just not very a prominent thing. So maybe I'm just living in the wrong place. I don't know. But I just want there to be more bakeries in the world so I can try more bread (laughs) and eat my heart out. Anyway, let's not talk about bread anymore because now I'm getting hungry, but we'll move on to the next talking point. I'll be secretly thinking about bread the whole time, just so everybody knows, though. So I want to talk about the world of Kiki's Delivery Service. In this world, witches are normal, and so is magic. So this is something that they pointed out to me, and not that I didn't think about it, but something that does get discussed a little bit further in the video and article that I'm linking is just that, you know, most of the time when witches are involved in something, it's usually like a bad connotation. And in this world, it's not bad. They admit when she gets to this big city by the shore or by the sea that it's not that they think she's weird because she's a witch. They just haven't seen a witch in their town in a long time. And I think that's really, really cool. And it's just, it it blows my mind, especially because, I mean, you think about the people stare and like they stare at her, but it's not necessarily in an ostracizing type of way that normally witches get in the world of whatever, you know, I mean, in Kiki's world, they're normal. But like, in, again, in most cases, when there are witches involved, they're being ostracized or hunted or there's just, again, bad connotation around them. And many people in the movie are truly fascinated by her and her ability to fly. I especially love how Tombo is so obsessed as well because he just, he loves flying. He has a very fat, like big fascination with flying. So of course, if he meets somebody who could fly, he will have a fascination with them. And I love that they have that in common. And that's how they kind of start to build their friendship, even though she's like totally opposed to <laughs> talking to him at first. But I love their friendship. Going back to the world building, though, it's not just the circumstances of the world, as in which is being normal. It's also that there is great music and scenery and the overall ambiance just makes this film wonderful. I know that those things tend to be a given in Ghibli films, but I have to mention it because it is it, it truly just captured my attention as a child and was one of the main things I remembered it as I got older. It's just how different and beautiful and wonderful and amazing it is. I just don't know how many words I can use to describe how much I love Kiki's delivery service. Moving on to my next point, kind of a smaller point, but I still wanted to mention it because, you know, I have to. (laughs) I mentioned it a little bit before, but I love Kiki's relationship with Tombo and their friendship because it's just beautiful and wonderful. And I love, again, that they just have that in common like even though Kiki is not necessarily like obsessed with flying throughout the story at least in the beginning especially that she realizes that like flying is one of her only witch skills she doesn't like make potions or doesn't do um I'm struggling with the word but like divination she doesn't have a lot of the other skills or pro like skills that you would usually think of when you think of witches she 
has flying, which is a common witch skill, but like she doesn't have other things. So she has this skill that she just kind of decides to use to help her develop as a witch. And through that, she is able to have something in common and maybe in a way help Tombo with his fascination. And I think because of like he appreciates her and like wants to know more about her flying and I think in turn she grows to love flying more because of his passion about it so I feel like they help each other grow and especially at the end when she's spoiler alert if you haven't watched it but like when she's able to fly again until and like help Tombo it's just it's great it's really great so my wrap-up points I feel like this is going so fast this would be like a normal a normal day in the neighborhood uh, Lisa, I miss you. But I hope you enjoy my fangirl obsession, like basically screaming into my microphone about why I love it. And I'll just imagine you telling me all about your pick from the Studio Ghibli collection. But anyway, wrap up point number one. I think Kiki makes me feel like I can make it. Not necessarily because I like many creative things and choose to participate in many creative avenues. It's not really like the whole struggling artist thing that they point out in that article in that video. I think it's mostly because it reminds me that struggling is a constant part of your journey and you just have to learn to take time and care for yourself. I know it's something that people say all the time and it's something that I personally, at least for me and I'm sure many others that are listening, we realize it and we try, but we still struggle with it. And it's just wonderful to see somebody that you, in a way, admire. I know it sounds really silly for, like, to admire a cartoon character, but I do. I admire her. And to see that she also struggles and that it's okay to struggle, but also remind you to take care of yourself. And sometimes that's the only way you're able to go forward. And it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to do it. I struggle with it even today. I struggle with it all the time. But it's just a nice reminder. And again, she just makes me feel like I can do it. And my next wrap-up point, also my last wrap-up point, I know that there are other Studio Ghibli films that have way more complex stories and more action and bad guys and all that jazz. But the simplicity of Kiki struggling against herself and that somehow being so impactful really pushes this film forward for me. Yes, there is a nostalgia. I understand that. There will be that will always be a big proponent to why I love Kiki's Delivery Service so much. But revisiting an old favorite and discovering so many new things is always a pleasure. And I feel like that is what Kiki's Delivery Service is for me. I am curious, though, for anybody listening, what your favorite Studio Ghibli film is. Let me know. I'll try to find, maybe do an attachment for like some kind of form or something or make a poll, something like that. But let me know what your favorite Studio Ghibli film is. I think that would be really fun to know. Excellent. So normally I put in my notes where you can watch it, but apparently I did not do that this time. So I'm not sure where to watch Kiki's Delivery Service. Obviously you can get it on DVD and or Blu-ray, but... For those that don't want to buy a whole DVD just to watch it, I'll have to look it up. I'll look it up, put it in the description. I'll let you guys know. But aside from that, I do, again, just a reminder that I have those links, the article about the depth of Kiki's delivery service and the video about Kiki being the millennial starving artist and that comparison 
and just how wide my eyes were opened. I see it and I don't see how I could never have seen it before. But again, they go into much better detail about it than I did. And I really hope you guys will check those out. And I hope you appreciate it as much as I did. Now, moving on to our recommendations. I personally, when it comes to Studio Ghibli films, I personally really love Castle in the Sky and Princess Mononoke. Castle in the Sky is just beautiful and serene. The art and the music, it's just it's amazing. And the story is mysterious and adventurous, which are two of my favorite things. I absolutely love Castle in the Sky. I actually do own that one, the older version on DVD, and it's just wonderful and beautiful. I almost bought some art for it the other day. And then I was like, no, Cassie, pay your bills first. Be a responsible adult. But I thought about it. I still thinking about it. <laughs> But moving on, I also like Princess Mononoke because it's different and wild. It has a lot to do with nature and spirits, which I super enjoy. I've always been a nature-y kind of person. Like, don't get me wrong. I am like allergic to everything, like every grass, tree, weed, mold, you name it. In the 300 mile radius from where I live, I'm allergic to all of it. I had one of those fun little allergy tests where they pokey a bunch of times to see what you're allergic to and my arms flared up like nobody's business. So even though I love nature, nature does not love me, but I still just just love it. And I mean, if you don't know, because <laughs> I feel like it's pretty obvious that I love nature because every time I watch Naruto and they are in a forest battling and they destroy the trees, I'm like, oh, there go the trees, that poor forest. It makes me sad. But anyway, that's one of the main things. Also, because Princess Mononoke herself is just like a freaking awesome warrior princess girl. And I absolutely love it. My next segment, I want to, it's like a, my next segment is actually a new segment. And I'm really sad that Lisa's not here. But Lisa, if you're listening, I've created a new segment called Manifestations. Now, granted, nobody has filled out your manifestation form, but there has been a lot of news recently about stuff that we have talked about that is coming to fruition. And I just feel like I have to mention it because I know that this is not real, but like I feel like we put it into the universe and the universe answered. So for our manifestations, they have come to life. We have the Apothecary Diaries is getting an anime. And I also realize I'm pretty sure this announcement came out much earlier in the year, but because of timing and both me and Lisa being out for one reason or another, mostly because of my illnesses. It's been a minute, but Apothecary Diaries is getting an anime. Super excited about it. It's going to be beautiful. As Lisa mentioned in that episode, the art is beautiful and we can't wait to see it animated. My second manifestation-ish Season two of The Saint's Magic Power is Omnipotent is finally coming out. I know when I talked about it earlier in the year that I mentioned that there was going to be a season two, but at this point, it's been like eight months that I was that's probably exaggerating. Maybe it's more like six, but it's been forever. And I just felt that there was never going to be a season two. I literally started buying the light novel just so I could find out what happens next. And they made an announcement not too long ago from this recording, I think like maybe three days ago, that... They have an official release date. It will be coming out in October 2023. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. I love this show so much. It's going to be great. And the last one. Now, I feel like this is, we talked about this at work actually today. We talked about shows that we wish would continue or get a reboot, kind of like Fruits Basket, which was well-deserved and so worth the wait. And I absolutely adore it and love it. It is the best. But I recently saw an article about Kimi Nitadoke, which hasn't been a topic of 
the podcast, but I have mentioned multiple times. I think I recommended it one time, but it is getting a season three after 13 years. I am over the moon. And I feel like this has to do with the Netflix like live action series that they did not too long ago. Maybe it boosted in popularity. I know they started reprinting the manga and it's been much easier to complete that series thanks to that. Thank you. Thank you. I praise all of it. But they're getting a season three after all this time. And I am so excited. I love this anime so much. I think Sabako is one of the sweetest human beings. She's like on tier with Toru. And I just love it. And I'm so excited about it. So yeah, those are our manifestations. Lisa, I hope you enjoyed this segment. I hope you can join me next time I have a manifestation segment, which I may or may not tell you about beforehand. But (laughs) anyhoots, moving on to the plugs because we've come to the end of the podcast. If you would like to be a part of the conversation, you can follow me, Cassie, on Twitter and Instagram at SassyKCreates. You can follow Lisa on Instagram and TikTok at bway underscore baby 425. And if you have any respectful thoughts, feelings, what your favorite Studio Ghibli film is, or even if you want us to be as obsessed with something as you are, you can find a link to the recommendations form in the description of this episode. And if you would like to support me personally, Cassie, I have a YouTube under Sassy Cassie. My Patreon is also under Sassy Cassie. Currently, I have the one tier that has videos, like the full reactions of my Naruto reactions coming out. And I'm trying my best to catch up on that. But hot take, if you listen to this, I will be amping up the amount that I put out on Patreon, as in I'm basically going to be releasing one video a day until I catch up to where I am currently like releasing on YouTube, so that hopefully by next year, aka January, I will be able to release them simultaneously, if not a day before. So check that out if you're interested or not, you know, do you. But I also have an Etsy shop that doesn't have a lot going on on it right now, but will soon because I've been working on stuff because I'm not sick and I have the time. It's very exciting. I know this sounds like super repetitive and sad. It's not sad. This is actually very exciting. So check out any of those things if you would like. You could also leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. That would be much appreciated. I think I have covered everything. So again, check out any of those things. Lisa, I miss you. Hope you get to be here soon. And to all of the listeners, thank you all for listening and being a part of the conversation. And until next time, bye. And Lisa will say bye or thank you. Tea, just for you, Lisa. (laughs) But for real, thanks for listening, guys.